Welcome back to The Francisca Show, a Jewish coffeehouse podcast, the show on which everyday creatives share their unique journeys. I am Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, podcast coach, and also your host. Enjoy the show. Welcome to The Francisca Show. This episode is all about bringing the topic of singing or covering non-Jewish music in particular, religious, spiritual music that's not Jewish, that is geared to other religions or was composed or produced for other religions and then covered by Jewish singers. Or the question is, as a Jewish person or singer, can you even listen to Christian music or sing it on your own? Forget about covering. So we're doing this episode today to talk about, besides for the halachic and the hashkafic things, We're also going to go a little personal here and talk to a singer who we've had here on the show before, who's a dancer as well, Jeslia Villarreal. And Jeslia has a non-Jewish Christian Baptist church past, and we'll hear from her directly listening to music that was originated from Christianity does not feel aligned for a Jewish woman to sing or a Jewish man to sing. So she has reached out to me to talk about this on the podcast. I thought it was a fascinating conversation to have. I think there's so much to unpack here and there's so many different sides and there are so many different elements. There's the emotional, psychological, there's the halachic and the Jewish philosophy behind it. And I'm just so excited to dive in and learn more about this because that's what I'm doing here with you, everyone who's listening. We're just exploring and learning more so we can be better Jews, so we can be better musicians or be more educated and aware about everything we do. So I think this gives a little bit of a background on why we're doing this episode today. And Jessica, welcome to the show again. Thank you. How have you been? I've been good. Baruch Hashem. Really, really good. Tell us in a few sentences, what have you been up to since you've been last here on the show. Since I've last been, um, I think the last time I was here, I was running the RBS co-running, um, the RBS Dance and Music Academy. And a year and a half ago, I left and uh, my husband's uh, music career kind of took off in the Jewish uh, entertainment business. So he went, so we went to the States to go do some projects that we wanted to do and he wanted to do. And we literally came back right as Corona hits, because, because Corona hit, um, we kind of figured, you know, um, better to be for us to be here in Israel than, um, outside. My parents are also here and my family. So we came back, I started working on music for the past few months. So I just released my first few singles. Incredible. Yeah. Congratulations on that. They're so beautiful. I'm so happy to see you back in as a solo artist and doing your thing, pursuing your passion. Let's jump right in to our subject of the day. Maybe give us a little background on how this topic came about and why it is so personal for you. Like, as you said, I grew up in the church and I think for, for many years, I have heard artists covering songs that are secular but they would change up the lyrics. You know, we all know the Maccabees, you know, and stuff like that. So I always kind of thought that, okay, it's allowed to do in Judaism. But recently, since I've been more of a solo singer and I've been doing more stuff on my own and connecting and networking with other Jewish singers and um, that part of the entertainment business, uh, I noticed a lot that 
many singers are um, covering not only secular songs, but uh, religious Christian songs, you know, like not Jewish songs. <laughs> so um, I was caught off guard because um, it's, a, it's a very sensitive subject for, uh, for me. So I was just kind of caught off guard. So tell us in a sentence why it's so sensitive. I mean, it's obvious, but can you pinpoint exactly what it is? Sure. As a Christian, growing up as a Christian singer and uh, growing up in the whole ministry as I was a Christian, we learned that when you're singing, not only is it stuff that you're learning about, it's all about the Christian doctrine and our beliefs, but it's a it's an outpouring connection to to Jesus. If I can say that word freely here, it's, if that's okay. It's more than even even the songs that are just very neutral. They they have the concept of Jesus in it. So if because the doctrine believes the Son of Man, the, the Son of God, and it's put into one like Jesus is God. Some songs, even though they say God, they're referring to them. There's a lot of songs that talk about God in the first verse, and then in the in the chorus then it's all about Jesus it meshes into like because he is a christian god he is part of the ideology so i knew that when i was i was pursuing a career because my father was a pastor i was pursuing a career into um outreach into what's it called uh, missionary work there's a huge performing arts school where i was from and everybody who wanted to do that and tour the world and do this missionary work through the arts they went there and they learned so that's what I wanted to do. And that's where we were taught, that's how you do it. That's how you connect to people, to break them, to get emotional with them. And then you throw in the, you know, then they let go. And then you can tell them, okay, you know, like Jesus is your savior. He loves you. You know, do you know that feeling? Do you see, do you feel? They get to your emotions. That's what it's all about. You know, it could seem very, very um, innocent and it is. But there is a, there's a, a um, there's a reason why they do it, and that's the belief of Christianity. Our belief as Jew as Jews, we don't missionize. It's our it's us, and that's it, right? Whoever wants to join, it's a it's a big process. For Christians, it's the whole world, and the whole world is within their reach. And now, because of social media, now because of Corona, and nobody's going anywhere. The internet and all the videos that are put out are now their outreach. Anybody who is able to listen to those songs, that's how they're outreaching. That's how they're getting you to convert, I guess, you know, like. Okay, let's just go straight to it. What has invited this conversation to even happen? <laughs> I recently, like I said, because I have started my singing career and I've been networking with a lot of women, you know, a lot of men in the Jewish entertainment business and uh, even influencers, um, I've found out that many are covering Christian songs, either old ones that I, I was familiar with, you know, and it kind of put me in shock, like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Um, or even new ones that, you know, like after hearing it, I was like, wow, that's such a pretty song, you know, and they would say it's a cover. They would put the name of it. They wouldn't even say it's a Christian song. But when I looked for it on YouTube, you know, I was like, wow, that really sounds it kind of like for me, it just kind of sounds like, oh, it really sounds, you know, it has that sound of Christianity in it. And so sure enough, when I 
scroll down and I saw who produced it and everything. I was like, oh, it is one. So I thought that was really weird that people in our community are covering the songs, knowing where they're from and, and, um, and using it as an outlet and reaching to other people. I think something that really bothered me was that people didn't know and people were also they were inspired. They were like, you know, they were like, wow, that's amazing. This is beautiful. So I think it kind of just, it hit me really hard. I reached out to a few or one of the singers and I have invited her onto the show and I hope it will work out to have her on and talk about that. But I know in Judaism, there is a concept of purifying or Judaismizing, <laughs> making something Jewish that was not Jewish. For example, there's a concept of uh, using an old church for a Beit Knesset, for a synagogue. And there are concepts in Judaism where we take something that was used for idol worship or for non-Jewish, by non-Jewish, I don't mean secular, I mean for other religions, and it's encouraged. What do you have to comment on that? So I actually heard that from uh, a Robinson here. I won't name. I heard that for the first time a few years ago because the when the music scene was like, you know, kind of like, oh, it's back and forth. The Jewish music scene, you know, it's just like too much. And I'm a dance teacher. I need more music. You know, I kind of was like, man, there's really good Christian music because I know, you know, it's kind of mainstream. It's really good. It's really good. And um, and so I asked her, is this, you know, it doesn't say anything about it. And she was like, yes. She said, yes, because what you said, you know, uh, anything that we can turn positive, it's, it works in our favor or whatever, you know. But then I have heard, um, I reached out to my Rob and he told me the complete opposite. Something that comes from, ter- from Tuma is cannot be, you know, lifted up higher. There's, it's a thing that also lately I've been trying to figure out because I think it's more it's a very confusing topic for me. I know how I feel about it, but I feel that people, our people are getting a little bit of mixed messages because of what I just said. And there's some people that I have reached out and have like told them, you know, thinking, not knowing that they knew that it was a Christian song and they would say, no, it's okay. Like this and this and this, it's like, you know, you're here, we're here to gather sparks and we're supposed to turn those bad things into good things. But over here, they'll tell you straight, like, no, we don't, we don't mix. So it's like, it's a very confusing thing to me. I don't really know how to respond to that now. I know I came to you recently with this whole thing. I still believe in what I believe. But I think the confusing thing for everybody is that there's a contradiction between rabbis and what's right and what's wrong. Absolutely. I, I want to go into this a little bit and say First of all, the oldest thing we have as Jews is machloket, rabbis contradicting each other and themselves even at times. I would say maybe your rabbi would tell you, yeah, for you, this is not kosher because you actually know where it comes from. From somebody who doesn't and they hear the music and the lyrics and they connect to Hashem, the only Hashem they know and ever knew of and never were exposed to any other ideas besides for Avodah Zarah being idol worship, being something they learned in kindergarten as something cute that in the old times used to be such a hard thing for Jews to keep themselves away from, which today is not necessarily. I mean, people say that about yoga and Buddhism, and there is that connection, a big draw that people have today that maybe can somehow 
explain that. I think people get different sacks. You can get, one person can get a direction from a rev that this is okay for them. And another person can get, this is absolutely not okay for you. And I think it's okay. I think we have that in all kinds of places when it comes to Jewish law, everyone getting different direction. People also choose where they want to live and learn from. And if certain communities are too strict or too rigid, they have to move out into more modern communities or open-minded communities where there are more options, where it's not so rigid, or where people make decisions for themselves and don't necessarily ask their rabbi before they listen to music, because there are plenty of people who do not go to rabbis to ask what kind of music they can listen to. So that that's my idea in here. What I love about this topic is that let's say I'm sitting, I'm driving somewhere, I have a long drive, and I'm not listening to a podcast, but I'm scrolling through radio stations and one radio station singing about like, body parts and romance and all that not kosher stuff. And then you, you flip through and there's a beautiful song about beautiful mountains and your connection to spirituality. And maybe Jesus is in that song or not. And it's not okay to listen to that. I have heard rabbis say that that's not okay when it's explicitly Jesus that it, you cannot listen to that music, but it almost makes the sexual music, <laughs> the sexualized music, kosher. As long as it's not talking about Jesus, <laughs> you could listen to, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> what do you think about that? I think that's where it gets a little tricky. And that's where I feel it hits me the most because every time we do expose and we do open up that, we're opening up a whole portal. You know, like you said, you go to one station and then you keep switching and switching and switch. You know what I mean? It opens up more doors and opens up more doors. When somebody puts up a song, what's the first thing they do? They go and Google it. They go on YouTube, you know? Then from that suggestion comes a bunch of other suggestions. And there's other songs. And then people, that's my fear whenever somebody covers these types of songs. Because like what you said right now is that I don't think I'm the most... I don't think I'm the most sensitive because of my background. I think I'm able to be strong because of it. It's our, the, my people, my women, you know, our people that didn't grow up like that, that are sensitive to it, that can be captured by the message so fast. And that's happened. That's what Juice Day is. I know where I stand from. And my rabbi has actually given me permission to listen as far as, um, um, to Christian music only for Kiruv research. Exactly. What is it that they're saying? What is it? For me, it's intriguing how they're trying to capture um, souls, you know, imprint, quotation marks. Um, because for me, I want to do the opposite and create modern music that touches the soul and connects the God the same way I was touched back then in my days, you know, like the way the music touched me. But I want to create that content for my people in a real way, in the real way. So I'm not sensitive to that subject as far as that. And so when somebody sings something like this, they're opening doors for all these rooms. And I'm, there's so many girls all over the place, you know? They like this song. Oh, this is a pretty song. It doesn't say. But that same person who sang that nice parv song has another song about her boyfriend and this and this, you know? Then all of a sudden you start hearing another song just because it's like you trickle in and all of a sudden you're hearing Ariana Grande songs that talk about 
side to side, which is a completely, you know, like, well, that's, that's already on the other person. No, I mean, the way YouTube suggestions also work is that they'll suggest things that you're already interested in. For example, um, they won't necessarily get my next song, but they'll get other things that they, they have watched previously that will come up for them again. So everyone has to make their own decisions. There are plenty of people who do not use YouTube and do not have internet access and they, they guard themselves. And the question is, I don't know if a singer covers one song, if they're responsible for all the other YouTube searches that they're going to do afterwards. I am not sure that's a direct correlation because maybe they'll be suggested to other Jewish artists covering other songs or their original songs. Are we fighting YouTube algorithm or are we restricting it completely? There has to be a separation between the responsibility of the artist and the responsibility of the audience. And it's a big conversation today in general with social media. How much control do users have? I mean, this is a big conversation. I wish we could just solve it in one conversation. But you went into a much deeper topic here. Where does it end the responsibility of the singer versus the responsibility of the listener? I think both uh, parties have responsibility in it. It's not every decision that each person makes. You're responsible for it. It doesn't matter how small, how small it is. And in this type of situation, you're responsible of what comes out of your mouth. If you have a platform, if you have a place and people are following you, it's for a reason. You put yourself in that place. You know what I mean? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I also want to address that there's not just one genre of music and there are singers out there coming out with all kinds of music and not every genre makes every person comfortable religiously. I try to break out a little bit. I know a lot of my music does sound very kosher and beautiful and inspiring and clean, but I know my new rap songs coming out. There's a lot more attitude. There's a lot more influence from mainstream music and there is a need for more popular music. And my goal is not necessarily to just sound like one sound. And what is the Jewish sound? That's a whole subject of in itself. There's no such thing as Jewish music. All Jewish music has been influenced always by whatever cultures were around. So it's a balance. And I think it's a sensitivity that every person has to sort of figure out for themselves. And I think it's a very interesting conversation. I'm so happy you brought to me because just to bring awareness to this is such a big thing. And then give the autonomy to people to decide for themselves. What do they feel comfortable listening to? What's okay for them? What's not okay for them? Same for their children. And this just extends to another decision people have to make regarding how they treat the internet and what they access and what they allow themselves to access. And is that it's, it's going to come up to how everybody's comfortable. But if I can just say as the last kind of statement, just as a for everybody to feel comfortable, I would recommend asking a rabbi before. If you're going into that route and you need some guidance because of what I said, you know, take it seriously. Like it's not when Christians, it's not just a song and you're like, okay, it's nice, whatever. They have, they have a reason why they're doing it, you know? And here in Israel, it's a big time problem that we deal with, with people coming in and trying to missionize even in secret, you know? So it's a big thing that they do. So Ask your rabbi about it before you go in and do it. And also, I think uh, I wanted to also say there's so much Jewish music nowadays. 
so much. I came into Judaism 10 years ago, officially, and music, there was no such thing as Jewish music. You had Matis Yahu who made it big. You had Miami Boys Choir. You had Moshe. Those are the main things. Nowadays, there's so much Jewish music. I feel like our people, we need the support. If you're going to cover a song, cover a song from Dewey Shapiro because they need the platform. They need the exposure for our own people. The Christians have their people. The secular people, um, the Goy people, they have platforms. And tons of people are covering their songs. Who is covering your song, Francisco? Who is covering my song? Who is covering Mordecai Shapiro's songs? You know what I mean? Why can't we? Well, there are two things. One thing is the bigger the name you cover, the higher your video it is to be discovered because you're covering somebody else's video. The second thing is I believe when I'm good enough to be covered, I'll be covered. I'm not, I don't want to pressure people into covering me. If people don't want to cover other people, then don't cover. They're, we're starting to regulate what people should do or not do. They're not going to invest in themselves. No, no, no. It's not about telling people to do. It's about suggesting that we need the support as well. And it's not people that I have seen cover Christian songs. They're religious people that also sing and do Jewish songs at concerts. Cover a Jewish song. You know, like give support to our people. And this is a suggestion. I'm not, of course, I'm not telling anybody to do what I'm doing, but I'm like suggesting it because we, we need the support as Jewish artists. I think that's something to be fair about. Like, you know, that's why it's hard. It's hard going in as a Jewish musician, a Jewish singer, a Jewish art, anything. It's kind of hard. So it's just a suggestion for people to support, support the arts. I always see this on social media, support artists. Support Jewish artists. Come on, like, you know, because we're kind of keeping it alive. I love this conversation. I'll just give my two cents. <laughs> the last thing, and we'll wrap up with that. So I love the idea of supporting Jewish artists, but I also love more empowered Jewish artists because if the artists are empowered to create better work, invest more in themselves, and create a better industry then no one will have to support us anymore. They will be consuming us as their entertainment. We will be all they know and all they need because that's what it is. Once it becomes a chesed party, a pity party, come to a concert and don't worry, your money for your ticket of the concert will go to Tzedakah, to an organization that actually needs it, not toward the artist. As long as we're treating artists as somebody that need to be supported and need to be pitied and need to be, you know, you have to sacrifice to show that you're supporting, come out for them versus what you're, you're going to stay at home and you're not going to this concert because that's the thing you want to be at, even though as Jewish culture, we don't really go into idolizing people. People do go out for things they really want. So I would love to see for the industry to create and empower more artists who are just raising the level, investing more in themselves, creating the next level content, becoming really competitive, really as good as the Christian industry and the and the mainstream pop and art, rap industry, and then becoming an inevitable source of entertainment where people don't have to support them. They're watching them because they want to be listening to them and happens to be it helps the artist as well. It supports the artist and supports the artist's work. So that's where I would like it to be. <laughs> yes, Hashem. I like when you're, you know, when you're discussing things, there's always two sides. There's always a bunch of sides. And 
and like everybody that's the whole point of this conversation everybody's you know has different opinions on this thank you so much Jessly, for coming on thank you and this completes the Francisca Show Arts series on the Francisca Show podcast. I would like to take this moment to thank you. Yes, you, my listener, for coming back again and again and listening to the show, reaching out to me, sending me your voice notes and emails about all the different interesting things that came about from doing this podcast. I would also like to thank our guests as well as the Jewish Coffee House Network, a network that the Francisca Show has been such a proud member of. And make sure to check out the other podcasts on the Jewish Coffee House Network. Going forward, you will be listening to the Francisca Show. However, it's going to be all new and rebranded for the business season. I know we spent a lot of our energy talking about the business end of being an artist. However, we are transitioning to widen and broaden this network to talk to successful entrepreneurs, specifically female entrepreneurs, to talk about their journeys, how they have transferred their talents and gifts and experience into creating really profitable businesses. So I have been using this podcast as a tool to learn and improve, and I have learned so much from all the guests we've had on the artist segment, and I know that I'll be really sad to shut the No More Silence segment down for the time being. However, we might bring it on again in the future, and we might bring it on as a separate podcast of in itself. So please do continue reaching out to let me know how you feel how this has been for you. I'd love to know if you are interested in the new business segment, learning about the ins and outs of running a successful business. How do you become a successful entrepreneur? How do you transform a gift you have or a passion you have into something that you could actually earn an income with? So this is not going to be all about coaches, no. This is going to be really going deep into the lives of women who have had to fight against everything going for them to create something and to earn from it. I truly am personally fascinated by women who are able to have a family and run a household and and be millionaires. Isn't that interesting to you too? <laughs> so that's where this podcast is on its way to. This is the journey it's going to be taking. And I would love for you to join us as well. And a little bit about me. I am Francisca, your host. I've started out as a singer, composer, then I brought on music production, audio engineering, and I started this podcast. And now I have transitioned into coaching entrepreneurs to launch their podcasts so they can focus on what they're doing and do it better, grow their audiences. I also help them besides for launch their podcasts, I can take on their production. So we've grown into an agency. I'm so grateful to say that today. And we also help them monetize their podcasts. And sometimes that takes the form of creating offers that they can sell to their audience. If you are not following me yet on social, make sure to check me out and follow me on Instagram at Francisca Music. And I started a new Instagram called Francisca Cosman. You can also book a call with me by going to my website, franciscacosman.com. All the links should be there for you in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts. So in a nutshell, thank you so much for coming on, and I hope you join us next week. If you are doing Passover, 
Have a Chag Kasher B'Sameach. I'm Francisca, and you're listening to the Francisca Show Podcast.